Welcome to At The Flicks. Maybe it's my age, but it only felt like days ago we recorded Carry On Streaming Christmas, and now we present to you Carry On Streaming Easter. Yes, Deck returns to tell you about some goodies that might deter you from that Easter egg hunt you have planned. Also with us discussing the best TVs allowed to watch, i.e. age appropriate, is Neil. A man <laughs> so committed to Easter, he used to read Watership Down to his kids every year just prior to his Easter Day celebration of rabbit stew. <laughs> and then there's Graham, who constantly talks about some Irish skirmish which takes place at this time of year before the British Army does. <laughs> and after that bombshell, hello all. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. I think. <laughs> Everybody good? Yeah. yeah All good. Well, thank you. Before we start talking about what's on over Easter, Deck, what else have you been watching recently? Good evening, gentlemen. Uh been watching quite a lot on these dark, cold, wet nights that we've been having this year, trying to keep warm by the fire. So a whole mixture of stuff. So hopefully, amongst all this stuff, people will find ones they like, and depending on different tastes. As usual, I'll go through the different streaming services and pick some highlights. Apple TV. Apple TV is just getting better and better, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, And yet again, it's knocked it out of the park with a few things. Start with a sequel, Slow Horses Series 2. Continues where the first series left off. Another great series with incredible plot twists and a shock or two in there as well. If you haven't watched either of these series, then they're worth the subscription alone. So it hasn't yep. dipped at all in the second series. And especially episode two, when if you look very closely when he comes out of Strode Station, you can see my right leg. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Uh, hopefully you were credited for that appearance. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, I walked past Jack Loudon and didn't recognise him. So. <laughs> On to something that's a bit darker, but based on true events, surprisingly, is Blackbird. Oh, yeah. Taron Edgerton gives an amazing performance, as does Paul Walter Hauser. It is a pretty stomach-churning series. The serial killer in question is a pretty sick individual, played excellently by Paul Walter Hauser. And Ray Lawotta was in his last role, so it's good to see him one last time. But yeah, and unbelievable that this is actually true. And the amount of times the police just messed up was just shocking again like with most of these i don't know if you guys are the same but when you watch one of these true crime things you're afterwards you're on your phone just checking all the facts thinking i can't believe this is true it was good and taron edgerton i thought was was amazing and when they go into the prison with him he had a fairly cushy prison time to going into a high security where random acts of nasty violence take place all around you i thought it genuinely scary yeah, no, I think it was. I think it was generally scary. And, it, and um, it, I mean, it wasn't 100% true when you look it up. There were a few things they changed to make dramatic. But, yeah, it's quite frightening what he did. I mean, they said he was. That's why they picked him. But he had such confidence in himself to be able to walk in and be amongst what was a group of horrible people. And in real life, I don't know how he did it. But, he, you know, he did it because he loved his father and he wanted to get out and see his dad and look after him before he passed away. So, And he did achieve that, and, he, and that, that bit of it's true, amazing. So I think, yeah. if I remember rightly, I read it a long time ago, I think he was only in there very quite a short period of time. So he obviously worked as hard as he could to get the information that he needed. Let's be fair, you wouldn't want to be in there one minute more than you had oh, to be, no. would you? Mm. No, no. Have you guys seen it? 
Not yet. It is on my list. Bit scary for me. <laughs> now, it's something a bit more lighter entertainment. Now, if you guys know, obviously, I'm I'm quite a big fan of uh, adult ana- type animation. This one, I presume, is aimed at adults, but it could be aimed at children as well, I suppose, was Shape Island. Now, this is a stop-motion adventures of square, circle, and triangle. Yep, that's right. Square, circle, and triangle. There's only three characters in it. I absolutely loved this. I end up binge watching it. I identified most with Square. I think Square was most like me. Um, but uh, Triangle annoyed the hell out of me at the start. But actually, I began to understand Triangle towards the end. They each have characteristics. So Circle is like the clever one. Triangle is the brave one. And Square is the sort of cautious, very routine, which is probably a bit like me. My day is quite routine. But it's honestly, it's just watch one episode. You'll be hooked. It's just lighthearted entertainment and three shapes look upon the world sort of thing. So I loved it. What's that called again? Shape Island. Play school. So they live on an island. The three (laughs) shapes live on an island and they're friends and they sometimes fall out and they sometimes don't. And yeah, it's it's just magical. And how long is each episode? Oh, I can't remember. I just watched them all after a while. I think I watched, I think I watched the whole series in two goes. I think I just would watch one. I go, I'm going to have to watch another one. Loved it. So if you want a break from the dark things like Blackbird, then watch Shape Island and you'll feel much better. Well, there's one for you, Neil. Mm. Up there with your Latvian stick figures, yeah? Yeah. Uh, one to avoid, I think, on Apple is the third series of Mythic Quest just didn't do it for me. Oh, I no. The first two, I wouldn't bother. I would just no. say to people, if you've watched the first two and you've enjoyed it, just stop there. It took ages to get through it. I kept thinking, is it going to get better? It didn't. I think they've just run out of ideas, to be honest. Exactly. I think they've, every joke has been done and they've run yeah. out of ideas. Moving on to Netflix. A lot of these were mentioned back in my Halloween episode. Can I just throw one other Apple one in there? Yeah, of course you can. Uh, shrinking? Oh, you've watched that already, have you? I haven't got around to watching that. I think I can help people if I get my hands a little bit dirtier. Your mom wanted you to scatter her ashes, right? We know what they should do. Don't you ever want to just shake them? Well, we don't shake them. I take that back. Run, huh? Sounds so unethical. You're just going to burn down your career and take me with you. Coin flip? Get out of here. It's really good. Brilliant. Brilliant. Is that the Harrison Ford one? Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. A psychiatrist having a lot of anxiety because of personal problems and how that reflects on his patients. It's interesting, the Harrison Ford character, who's a, a side character to start with, yes. he comes more and more to the fore in the other episodes. I think you picked up on that, Graham, yes. didn't you? Yeah, we're at the penultimate one now. I think he was in every scene. It's quite interesting how he's been pulled to the front. Yeah, it's really good. I'm not sure how the um, psychiatry profession would perceive this. They hate the show. <laughs> I can imagine they do, yeah. Uh, have you seen it, Neil? No. No, not yet. Maybe later. Very funny. Yeah, so I take it that's on your list then, Dak? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm, yeah I'm, it's I'm, on mine. I'm building up a list of the Apple ones so that when I get my next lot of free subscriptions or whatever, I'll um, I'll watch them again. I tend to switch between streaming services at the moment to try and save money. Okay, um, Netflix. So quite a few, couple of these shows I mentioned, I think, back in the Halloween special. One of them was Wednesday. Um, mm. I finished this and really enjoyed this series. I love the fact that it was obviously a new thing and a new series, but it gave lots of nods back to the original Adams Family. 
I especially liked the uh, to get in yes, the secret yes. door, which was just exactly you know. I just when it happened, mm. I was like, it's exactly the same sound. I thought the Raven Ball dance routine that uh, yes. Jenny Ortega did was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I like the silly little things like uh, all the episode titles had "woe," you know, the name changed yes. to "woe" in it. Just little things like that, little <laughs> nods to things. And I thought uh, Gwendolyn Christie did really well uh, as yeah. uh, playing the uh, the principal of the school. She didn't overdo it. She she was obviously the the villain of the piece, but she didn't make it into a pantomime. I thought she played it just the right level. So I really enjoyed it. And I already hear there's going to be another series, so I will look yeah. forward to that. Even Neil watched it, and it's horror. Hardly, hardly. Well, he must have got scared a few times. There's some scary moments in there. No, no, not really. If you like Jenny Ortega in that, go watch Screen 6. Yes, we've had this yeah. discussion earlier and a no. <laughs> <laughs> it's Agatha Christie without the clues, you said. It is Agatha Christie which, without which, the clues. Which basically isn't Agatha Christie. No, it's just murder and death, randomly. Good choice, Deck. Lovely show. The other one I loved was I managed to finish The Sandman, uh, Neil Gaiman's TV series that's based on the popular comic book series. I just loved watching this, but I found, I don't know if anyone else found this, but I mean, one of my highlights was I loved the episode where they showed death and how death did their job. I thought was just fantastic. She was fantastic, that actress. The weird thing is it gave me really weird dreams. Every night I was literally, my dreams were so much weirder than they normally are because I was watching these shows where it was all about people's dreams and entering into and controlling people's dreams. I then when I go to sleep after watching it, I just have the most surreal dreams. Really well done. And again, I hear they're already uh, making a second series. So Impressed you picked up on death. The way they introduced her was brilliant, where they were just chatting like friends and they were brother and sister and they were walking along and they went into this person's house and then they started talking to the old man. And the old man got up and moved towards the camera and then the camera slightly tilts and you see that he's dead in the chair behind him. It was just so well done. Yeah, and I love the fact that she was she was wasn't there to scare people, she was there to comfort them. Yes. In their comfort them because it was a shock to them that they've died sort of thing yes. i thought it was brilliant really really well done if you want a bit of fun and excitement this was quite good kaleidoscope on netflix a bit of a novel idea because uh, everyone who watches it watches the series in a different order it's randomly selected but it makes sense whichever order you you watch it in and each episode is from a different time period either before or after the heist in question I quite like this. It was quite novel. It reminds me a lot of the old series Hustle that I don't know if you watched all those years back, where it's all about the working out the, the heist and there's twists and turns and is someone a grass amongst the group or not. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. Was that an old Robert Vaughan series, Hustle? Yes, yes. that's right. Yes, that's the one. That's it. Yeah. So it was very much like that. If you want a bit of escapism and you like clever, sophisticated bank robberies that a bit like... Um, Ocean's Eleven and all that stuff. It's very sort of similar vein to that, where each character has a skill. They get together as a group and they need everyone in the group, otherwise it won't work. And they need all their bits to fit together. And obviously, as with all these things, a couple of things go wrong and they have to improvise. Yeah, really clever, reasonably good fun. And then the last thing on Netflix was, uh, I only watched this because of the news, really. That's the reason that it came up high on Netflix list, was I watched the three-part documentary about the murder murders in america this is great for any true crime fans three episodes about the very influential family they were 
law firm. They were a law unto themselves. And for years, they ran the town almost and ran the police and everything. Very wealthy family going back generations. They'd sponsor uh, town events and stuff. And then, of course, there's this horrendous murder of uh, his wife and his son. And it's just unbelievable. And it's just fascinating. I mean, obviously, I read the story in the news when he got convicted. And then I had to watch it. And it's brilliant. And they've interviewed the main players. They've Obviously, the family themselves haven't been interviewed, but a lot of the friends and stuff and acquaintances have all been interviewed. And yeah, again, only three parts, very simple and easy to watch. I didn't know that had been done. I followed the real case, so yeah. uh, I might give that a go. Didn't he get done on the fact that you can hear his voice on a, an Instagram? Yeah, yeah. yeah his, whole, his whole alibi was that he'd gone to visit his parents Yes, um, and he wasn't anywhere near the house. Yeah, mm. his son had recorded on his phone or something and yes. you could hear him in the background, so it just blew his case apart, really. I mean, there were lots of other evidence against him, but he probably could have argued his way out of some of that evidence. But that one just literally, he'd made up a story and he was found out. Right, that's definitely on my list. Going back to good old BBC, BBC has had an interesting season. They haven't had, well, I suppose apart from one, they haven't had out any completely outstanding stuff over the winter period. But they've had some pretty good little nuggets that I've discovered. Obviously, the big one was the final series of Happy Valley. And if you haven't watched Happy Valley, like a friend of mine hadn't watched it, and I said, it's the final series, you've got to watch it. And after much convincing, they went and watched, because all three series are on the iPlayer. Yeah. And they they were just hooked, and they literally ploughed through all three series. It is a brilliantly written drama. Uh, Sarah Lancaster plays it excellently. The fact it was the final series, we were all worried it was going to be like a silly ending or it was going to be unrealistic. But as always, didn't fail to deliver at all, even with the ending. It was absolutely superb. Like your friend, we've got someone who went off and watched all three series. <laughs> me, yes. My wife was badgering me because her friends were badgering her to watch it. And I went, oh, well, watch the first one. And that was it. Totally hooked. <laughs> Absolutely hooked. I had to watch the second one. I think we watched the second one in, a, in about three or four days. And then, yeah. Yes, the end was great. Apart from one loose thread, which we didn't find what happened to the school teacher. That was the only thing I would say was the weakness. It was it was all, and the, and the pharmacist, it was all very much handled yes. very quickly by that one statement yes. where she said she'd spoken to the probation officers who was a friend and said basically, where did she get her drugs from? And she said, from the pharmacy. And she just, when she was retiring, she just gave it to the police officer and said, he just lives over the road. Yeah. Sort of thing. So basically said, go after him. And yeah, you're right. They just sort of left it at that. You sort of knew what was likely to happen, but it was very much just left there. Because I thought he was going to get away with it. And I would have preferred him to have got away with it. But it's just to show that they don't always get everything so long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, the end scene with the two of them in the room together was just fabulous. What about you, Neil? Is this one you've been watching? I haven't, no. No, oh, I haven't seen any of it. Brilliant. I'm oh, still going, going through the West Wing. I'm going to have to watch all of the other ones. So, gonna... so basically, your viewing at the moment is the West Wing and porn. That's it. Then. It's just West Wing, actually. Yeah, he's finished the porn. <laughs> uh, no, no time for anything else. Just the West Wing. So yes, Happy Valley is a, is clearly a clearly one I have to watch. Uh, there was a two part drama called Mayflies that was. Pretty good. Uh, very moving, though. Uh, lots of crying. 
it was based around friends and uh, friends dying and oh, yes it was quite it was quite harrowing at times not an easy watch i don't know why they only made it two parts perhaps because it was so harrowing it they probably couldn't make it any longer because you wouldn't be able to survive but pretty good if you like that sort of thing the other one that was interesting we thought it was okay but friends of ours didn't like it at all was the police series better starring andrew buchanan the thing about this is the acting isn't great and it can get a bit irritating at times and the main police officer she does do some really stupid things that you just think are totally unbelievable but if you can get past that it's light entertainment i would say it's not heavy like happy valley can be it's a bit more light entertainment and it had a really interesting ending i think i liked the ending i think was what made me more fond of it what's the setup to make this stand out from other police series well, it's about a bent police officer. Throughout her career, she's worked with a, a criminal guy. They were friends to start with. So they were just they were just colleagues who knew each other. And then she joined the police force and he sort of got into crime and they helped each other out. So it started off where he was just an informant for her. She did well in her career because of that. And then he started paying her money to tell him when the police weren't around or if, you know, if they were going in a certain direction, she would like try and mislead them and take them another way. And because she was at that point in her career, she'd gone up quite high. People didn't suspect her. She had a great success record as well because he would give her other criminals that then she could catch sort of things like rival gangs and stuff so that she could get them off the street, making him more powerful. So it was sort of like he, he grew in power and she grew in power but they were still friends. But then she was stuck in this, as her husband would say, she couldn't get out of it. And something happens to her son, which means she suddenly realises that she's not a very good person because she's doing this and been doing it for years. But but again, how do you get out? And there's lots of tense moments where you think, is she going to get knocked off? Because she's she's trying to stop, but to know she can't stop because he won't let her. And it, yeah, it's, it's an interesting concept. Okay. And a really refreshing ending, I think. Quite often, I think a lot of dramas have to have a big dramatic massive big dramatic ending and this one didn't at all and i think it really helped it it helped it become a little bit more believable i'm intrigued now mm. the other one that again has been getting mixed reviews is the gold the one about the yeah yeah brink bat robbery gold like that you can't control it and if you can't handle it then it will find its way to someone who can Six robbers have carried out an armed raid, stealing almost three tons of gold bullion. So our friend says you can shift it. You can handle a job like this and out of earlier. You only hear about the people who get caught. We're looking for six robbers and three tons of gold. A really good cast, a fantastic cast of Hugh Bonneville, Dominic Cooper and many other people. Really well made, typical BBC production, you know, made well, looks good, good acting, but it's unfortunate that they basically made what were really nasty violent villains look a bit like heroes and look a bit like mm. class warriors and it's a shame that they took it that far and made them almost you feel sympathy for them which you, you, you think so yeah i think they did I, they... I i didn't think that at all i i thought way jack loudon played kenneth noyce and i and okay maybe i've come with some baggage because i know noyce was the guy who stabbed that young man to death on a, a roundabout which isn't covered in the in the show and then sort of fled to Spain for a number of years. As Noyce went on, he started as a bit of a Jack the Lad. But by the end of it, when he says to that jury, I hope you all get cancer, 
yeah. what you see underneath of him as to, to what he's really like. And Yeah, but Palmer as well. Palmer, they made him out to be this family man that just goes to Spain. And yeah, he yeah. was a nasty piece of work. Yes, and, yeah, he, he seemed like a nice guy who just happened to get caught. And yeah, it was, yeah he kept talking about his past, didn't he? And I know he was like bullshitting his wife, but he kept talking about how he had to overcome everything. And you're right, they... He had a lot of deals with the Russians and the timeshares in Spain that they never covered. But what I liked about the show, well, a couple of things, is one, it starts with the robbery. That is the first scene of the show. And it's not about the robbery. Once that's done, it's all about, well, where is the gold? Mm. And then at the very end of it, and it took me a, a while, so a bit of a spoiler for anybody who hasn't seen this as yet, so you might want to just gloss over the next couple of seconds. At the end of the show, they come up with the revelation that they've only ever been tracking half the money, half the gold. And and that's true. They that's all they ever found. That's all that ever seemed to go in the system, and nobody knows where the other went. And I watched the end, and I thought, oh, don't tell me you're going to try and do a sequel to this, where there can't be a sequel, because I know the real-life story. But I think, on reflection, they were just trying to make the point that half the gold completely disappeared. You know, yeah. nobody knows where it went. Well, they reckon, don't they? They reckon everyone has got a piece of gold in their possession with but, that gold in it because it was mm. there was so much of it. Yeah, it would have gone out in the system, and we all own something that's got a bit of that gold in. That's apparently that's what they say. It was so, yeah. and it funded so many things. But it was really interesting as well. I liked the fact they got the guy in to explain how the money is laundered around the system, which I thought was was really clever. Uh, like a quick way he was he was a great character yeah um, and a quick way of us uninformed working out how they play the system and how they turn dirty gold into you know clean money via property and other things but it's interesting because that money must have funded like as they say the docklands reno- renovation and other yeah. big projects will have come off the back of that and uh, i even heard the funny thing is they even sold some of their gold back to the guy they stole it off is that right? It, round, it went round in the system, and he actually ended up buying back his own gold. No, he didn't no. know it was his own gold. Obviously, it was just gold. But it, yeah, it went round the system, and yeah, it's fantastic. And there was a point again about halfway through where I thought, "Oh, the BBC have cut something out of this." It's the part where Noyce kills a policeman on his property, stabbed him ten times, but they didn't show that. You know, you see the the episode ends with his dogs realising someone's there. Then it cuts to after where they've been arrested. And, of course, they can't show it because in the trial and everything that happened, Noyce was found not guilty. You know, he was found defending his property. And if they show Noyce being the thug that he is, just, you know, deliberately killing this guy, he could sue them. Noyce is still alive. Very clever how they got around it. I I really like the show. I, I must admit it. I was hooked on it all the way through. And I guess because I knew some of the story beforehand, I never saw those people as, as heroes. I saw them as the scum they were. But I do take your point that coming into it, certainly somebody with the charisma of Jack Loudon can make Kenneth Noyce seem like a, a really fun Jack the Lad character. Yeah, so it was good. And then finally, uh, again, I always like to end, end on something a bit light-hearted. I mentioned this series before, and there's a second th- and third series out on BBC iPlayer at the moment, is Five Bedrooms. It's a very sweet Australian comedy about a group of housemates that live together. If you haven't watched it, watch the first series and see if you, you'll know quite quickly whether you like it or not after two or three episodes. But 
I just find after a lot of the heavy stuff, again, I like to watch something a bit lighter and it just puts a smile on my face. It's just an innocent, sweet series about friends falling out again and, and making up and things, you know, things that happen to us in life, losing job, getting divorced or whatever, but dealt within a really upbeat light entertainment way and it's just mm. refreshing every now and again to finish after watching a an hour of a heavy crime drama or something maybe watching one of these only you know 45 minutes long and uh yeah just to finish your evening on something a bit lighter brilliant so um what you're saying is you can sue happy valley under the trade descriptions act then <laughs> yeah, that's right yep. <laughs> yeah. anything but happy yeah so moving on to the new ITVX that's been rebranded. I only managed to watch one thing on this. I caught the Litvinenko uh, four-part drama okay. um, about the former FSB agent that was murdered on the British shores. Again, I thought a really good cast. Uh, David Tennant played the uh, uh, Litvinenko very well. But I also thought the supporting cast, the people investigating the crime, uh, all did a really good job. I thought it was sensitively done and i thought again the cast was very good worth watching especially if you don't know much about it it's really interesting to find out i mean i didn't know that much about it when it happened i had visited uh, his grave in the cemetery in a high grave cemetery only last year but uh, so when i knew this came out i was interested in finding out what exactly had occurred so i haven't seen it really it's one that i want to watch i take it it points the way to to where Putin and his bully boys have gone since then. Yeah, yeah, it does. And how uh, Putin and the Russians just played, played with the police a lot, you know, because they can, they can get away with it. And, in, uh, you know, there were some quite tense, scary moments when the police had to go out to Russia thinking, are they going to come back? But really well done. Jesus. It's a sensitive area. Um, you don't want to, you know, have a TV series that's going to, get you into trouble <laughs> uh, have you seen it Graham? pointless asking no. because it's not in the west wing no <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think we've covered that yes. yeah no no again it's on that huge list of tv i've got to watch and then moving on to all four i mentioned this again in the halloween special but i finally got around to watching it and absolutely loved it again it's animation and again it's very adult this is definitely very adult and Jeff, especially, I think you should watch this. Uh, Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared has got a series on all four with Duck, Red Guy and Yellow Guy in it. But it, it harks back to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It harks back to some great horror films. There's lots of guts and blood, uh, all based around what looks like a children's entertainment programme. Hmm. Three characters that look very much like, sort of similar to Muppets. But um, okay. one of the best ones is when uh, Duck dies this episode's called death and duck dies and it is just hilarious it's just absolutely hilarious i mean it it deals with topics like grief and friendships again in a in an entertaining way the one episode that i mentioned is similar to texas chainsaw massacre is called family and and two new characters uh, lily and todney are actually for two characters that look sort of like Rosie and Jim, very innocent, actually turn out not to be. Uh, and then there's a there's a grandma, as you can guess, in the, oh, <laughs> who they take back to visit. And, yeah, it, it is dark, but it, it just had me in stitches. Don't hug me is my mantra. So, yeah, I'm definitely <laughs> going to be watching it. Yeah. So very entertaining. 
So that concludes my roundups of the telly that I've watched over this winter period. Okay. Can I throw a couple in at you? I think it's on all four now. It's a documentary called Strippers, Spies and Russian Money, which might be a nice companion piece to the Litvinenko. And it was all about how Russian money came in. Oh, to the Tory party, oddly enough. It covers how, it, you know, Johnson got involved with them and how the Tory Friends of Russia was set up and the money mm. that was flying around with that. It's an incredible documentary. And I'm surprised they got away with half of what I got away with. The producer's probably dead now, either poisoned by an umbrella or fallen off a high rise. It's well worth looking at. And the other one is a catch, big catch-up for me. Season one of Your Honour with Brian Cranston. Oh, and yeah. Have you seen it? I haven't seen it, but I know oh. the one. It's on my list. Yeah, yeah so the setup is Brian Cranston, he, he's a judge. His son is driving around a very rough area of New Orleans, and he hits somebody on a motorbike. And rather than help, he does a hit and run. He's scared. He comes home and the father says, no, you can't do this. You've got to hand yourself in. You know, we've got to obey the law. So he takes him to the local police station. And there they see in the distance the father, who is the vicious mafia head for one of the local crime families. And at that point, he tries to cover up for his son. And that just starts a domino effect of everything going on. And Brian Cranston, like in Breaking Bad, it's how far will this character, who's basically a good guy, how far will he go to protect his family? The boy you hit this morning is Jimmy Baxter's son. The head of the most vicious crime family in the city. Whoever you are, wherever you are, you will be found. Season one. I didn't expect it to go where it went. The ending's really shocking. Apparently it was designed only to be one season, but the response has been so great to it. They have now done a second season, which picks up a few years later, and that will be the end to it. I highly recommended. The twists and turns in the last three episodes are amazing. That, those are my catch-ups. Anybody else got anything? Yeah, I'd like to, to put in a, a word for The Last of Us which is based on the uh, the computer game, which I've been watching. And I think it is a masterpiece, absolute masterpiece. Quite violent, lots of horror in it. Um, but even so, I've been able to sit through it, and my wife's sat through it as well. Brilliant, brilliant. What, um, what's it on? It's uh, on Sky in the UK. Sky Atlantic. Sky or now Atlantic. TV. Or now TV, if you... Or now TV, yeah. Bella Ramsey is the plays the young girl Ellie. Um, she was the young girl in Game of Thrones, who was yep. the the Northern Lord, and she is just fantastic. Pedro Pascal plays her um, father figure in it, and just great, great performances from the both of them. Yeah, Neil, you got more chance of watching Scream Six than sitting through this. Mm -hmm. um, wouldn't even put it on your list. What about okay. you, Deck? Would you watch it? I want to watch it. It's one of the ones, as I say, that's on my, when I get around to subscribe to Now TV again, I will definitely be watching that. But I might, I heard there's a second series, so I don't know whether yes. they've made it or... And no, it's just they've just, just greenlit it. it, yeah. Okay. And does that does that work in line with the game? Is, there, yes. is the second series still going to be based on the game? Yes, apparently so. Yeah, let's go right up to date then. And what's worth watching while you munch on your chocolate this Easter? 
Right, so while you're sat there stuffing your face with chocolate, uh, there's a number of series that have just come out at the end of March. On the BBC is a second series of The Cleaner, which I recommended in a previous uh, podcast. Uh, Greg Davis, the comedian, the big six-foot comedian, returns as the crime scene cleaner. I love this first series, and so I'm really looking forward to this binge-watching this, this second series over a good Easter egg. The other one on BBC is uh, Stephen Knight, the creator of Peaky Blinders and other stuff, has uh, redone Great Expectations, and he's managed to get Olivia Coleman as Miss Havisham. So Ooh. it's got an impressive cast. It would, like most BBC costume dramas, I'm sure it would be excellently made. And it'll be interesting how Stephen Knight, what his style adds to uh, the classic story. So he did uh, an updated uh, version of Christmas Carol back in 2019 with Guy Pearce as Scrooge. Uh, oh, that was him, right. Yeah, uh, it was sort of fitfully successful. It was a much darker. Interestingly, it's the only version of Scrooge, and I'm a bit of a connoisseur of this, included the character of Alibaba, which is back when he goes back to his school days. And no other versions ever touched on that character before. I thought that was clever, but it's it's a much darker. It's not for kids in any way, shape or form. Uh, and I'm not quite sure about where the ending went. It's intriguing. So if he does that with Great Expectations, is Great Expectations being updated or is it being set in the same time period? Uh, it looks like it's set in roughly the same time period. It's not a modern right. setting from what I can see from okay. the trailer. And then, as mentioned before, Apple TV is still uh, delivering good stuff. So... Season three, if you haven't watched it yet, of Ted Lasso is out, has been out a while now. If you love the first two series like I did, then you'll look forward to watching the third one. Going, uh, going good so far. And if, by the way, when you, if anybody hasn't caught up with it yet, in the first episode, watch for the very clever Star Wars reference. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff's loving this. Oh, I'll have to watch this. <laughs> um, and then there's a new series coming out on Apple called The Big Door Prize. So this is interesting. It's by the Schitt's Creek curator, David Westreed. He's set in a town in America. The main actor is Chris O'Dowell, um, who's quite entertaining to watch. This machine appears in one of the shops, and it prints out a card for what's called your life's potential. It prints a card out with one or two words on it that sort of say what you could or should or are, have been, most successful in your life so it might say something like a guitarist it might say male model it might say teacher or something and it's how the town reacts to this that's meant to be quite interesting and entertaining they don't really go into too much about the supernatural element of the machine from reading about it i think there's if there is a say if it is successful and there's a second series they may go more into that but it's more about the characters in the town and how they react to being given their card so hey, Neil, looked, yours was blank. <laughs> it looks a bit like um, a, a Black Mirror episode, but but more comedic, more entertaining in some mm. ways, not not so dark. <laughs> um, but it looks quite good. Mm. I, I, I'm intrigued by that. Yeah. It's very reminiscent of, um, there's a Richard Matheson story called The Lot, and it seems to be similar to that. So I'm intrigued if it's partially based on that. I'll have to check up on this. It is based on a book, but it's not that book. I okay. just can't remember which one it is, but there is, is another book. Over on Netflix, they seem to bring stuff out all the time. 
the only thing I could find coming out soon on the 4th of May was a Bridgerton prequel, if that's up, if that's what you liked, if you liked the first two series of Bridgerton. Not everyone does, but it, it was a popular series. Um, but they bring out a prequel about Queen Charlotte. So, again, if you're a lover of Bridgerton, then I'm sure you'll look forward to watching this. Oh, my wife loved it. There were a lot of fans of it. Um, I enjoyed the first series, less the second one, but I did enjoy the first series. Just worried me. Graham went round dressed as the characters for a while after watching it. <laughs> I haven't even seen it. <laughs> so the two most interesting series I think I found, for different reasons, are on Amazon Prime. Uh, coming out oh, on Amazon right. Prime. One has uh, just come out on at the end of March, and the other one's due to come out on the 28th of April. So if I start with the first one, so this is called Swarm. It's a, another Donald Glover series. It's a follow-up to Atlanta, which uh, was very successful. Mm. Interestingly, this is about a fan obsession, based on a fan being obsessed with a character that seems to be based on Beyonce. And I think the funny nod to that is apparently the fan base, Beyonce's fan base, is called Beehive, and he's called the program Swarm. So I uh, think he's uh, being quite clever. Yeah. Um, but it's quite a dark thing so this fan is obsessed but it goes a bit dark it deals with obviously fan obsession which is quite common in today's world with social media and everything but it also deals quite deeply with mental health and the impact of people's mental health on these obsessions so it looks interesting i suspect it will do quite well in award season if you like donald glover and you like his his take on the world then i'd recommend swarm but the big exciting one, which apparently is the second most expensive series of all time, spent $250 million, is Citadel. Eight years ago, you two were Citadel's top spies, but we were double-crossed by one of our own, and your memories were erased. I brought you here because I need your help. I coached Little Lee. There's my guy. Right now, every agent around the world is looking for you too. Nadia. Perdona, I think you have the wrong person. Should have stayed quiet. You're gonna wish I was dead. Now, this is a James Bond type spy thriller made by the Russo brothers. Uh, yeah. It stars Richard Madden and the excellent Stanley Tucci and Leslie Manville. So they've got a good cast. It is a group of spies that uh, in Citadel, they were called, that are meant to be like the world's, the world's police or the world's agents. So they don't belong to any country as such. But something goes wrong and all the agents' memories get wiped. The group is disbanded. And so I think that I understand it starts with Richard Madden's character not knowing who he is, but then sort of finding out, a bit like the Bourne identity, getting flashbacks and memory uh, coming back and that but uh, knowing the Russo brothers it'll be full of action very slick and probably you'll be able to see where all the money's been spent but the clips I've seen watch the trailer there's lots of nods to James Bond there's even a skiing scene uh, that looks quite entertaining uh, there's lots of car chases so it just looks like really good fun that's out on April the 28th Wow, well, that's gone straight on my list. Yeah, interesting to see where they spent that money because, as good a cast as that is, they're not exactly expensive. So uh, you can tell by watching the trailer, you can see where the money's been spent. Oh, right, very slick. It looks straight on my list. One of the writers wrote for Mission Impossible, one of the Mission Impossible movies, so you can see the sort of thing it's going to be. Oh, Mm. very good. Yeah. Yeah. 
Is that enough to tempt you away from the West Wing, Neil? Yes, possibly, quite possibly, yeah. I think I, I definitely have to binge watch the rest of the West Wing really quickly. You've got four more series. Uh, just the four series, yeah. yeah. Trump wasn't in the White House as long as you've taken to watch this I've series. I've been watching eight, eight months so far. But yeah. <laughs> Do you not get bored of watching the same thing? I'd have to have a break, I think. It isn't really the same thing, though, is it? I do well, get a break occasionally. Yeah, watch yeah, watch Chelsea play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the depression. I watching the West Wing. <laughs> yeah, and the depression takes me back to the West Wing. <laughs> yeah. So, looking at Disney Plus, uh, there was only one thing. This hasn't got an official release date, but I understand it is meant to be coming out before the summer. Is the another Marvel series, uh, Secret Invasion? I've got a bit bored of superhero films, but this one might drag me back because it's Samuel L. Jackson, Jackson yeah. playing the excellent Nick Fury. And I think it will hopefully be less special effects and more character driven, which I enjoyed that aspect of She-Hulk. So I'm I'm sort of hoping they're not going to get too flash. I, I suspect it will be based on Earth most of the time. So hopefully it will be good. But I'm not sure it's enough to drag me back to Disney Plus straight away. Yeah, it's interesting you say that, Deck, because in preparation for the recent Ant-Man and uh, Waffle film, I watched Loki to prepare myself because I realised there was a tie-in with it, six episodes of absolute and utter boredom, which only got me through when I started watching it as a Doctor Who-style adventure. And Mm. that kept me going a bit. But other than Jonathan Majors, it was a slog. And so was the Ant-Man film, for that matter. They've just lost their way completely at the moment. Yes, they have. Yeah, Yeah. so, uh, yeah, like I say, not enough to tempt me to... Uh, renew my subscription with Disney Plus, but I'll add it to the list if I ever find something else that drags me back. Now TV, obviously you've mentioned uh, The Last of Us already. If you've watched the other series, uh, Series 4 of Succession is coming out. Again, uh, lots of awards. Interesting, lots of uh, pantomime-type villains, but um, good fun to watch. But the new series that could tempt me back to Now TV is a series called A Town Called Malice. Um, yes. It's an 80s set uh, British crime thriller. Obviously, I love the 80s, but um, it's South London gangsters who have to flee to the Costa del Sol and uh, try and continue their criminal activities over in Spain. It looks fun. It looks entertaining and lots of 80s music. So if anything's going to get me back to now TV, that's likely to. It reminds me of that in style, that Ray Winstone, um, Ben Kingsley movie. Yeah, sexy beast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right. it, it has that feel about it. Mm-hmm. It does. It looks quite entertaining. It's, um, Jason Fleming's in it as well, who yes. always seems to play yeah. South London gangsters yes. and everything. That's my sum up. And the only other thing, so to finish lightly, I tried to find something on ITVX because I always like to try and make it fair. I struggled to find anything. The only thing that looked vaguely interesting was a drama called Six Four. It stars Kevin McKidd. He's a police officer and his wife's also a police officer and their daughter goes missing. And then it's, I think the way I read it is that they obviously are trying to look for their daughter, but at the same time, they're still working as police officers. Someone else's daughter goes missing. And I think there's sort of like, it seems like it's the same. And therefore they're sort of using what they find out on this crime to try and help them find their daughter. So that plot made me more interested than, because I thought it sounded reasonably original. So I might give it a go for that reason. 
obviously ITVX is free, so that's another benefit if you're trying to cut back and you can't afford to watch the other streaming services. Uh, just started on Amazon Prime, a show called The Power, science fiction show. The reason I'm intrigued by that is I interviewed the production designer just before he was starting work on it. So that was filmed down in South Africa. Mm. Um, yeah, so just to read the synopsis, World of the Power is our world, but for one twist of nature, suddenly and without warning, all teenage girls in the world develop the power to electrocute people at will. Coming up also very shortly is the final season of Barry. Can't wait for that. Yeah. Oh, you've loved that, haven't you? Keep going on about that, don't you? Oh, yeah. Have you seen it yet? No, not yet. Oh, it's amazing. It's... Is, it, is it Prime, Amazon Prime? No, that'll be Now TV. Oh, it's Now TV. Okay. Yeah, so there's eight episodes. Graham started watching it, I suspect. Did you finish yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, I finished it. It was brilliant. Absolutely yeah, that, brilliant. That last episode of season three, where it went into to horror, was yeah. just incredible. Oh, sorry, one other deck. Perry Mason season two. I Can't knew wait. you'd mention that. I knew you yeah. mentioned that. I did see that. And I thought, am I going to say it? And I thought, no, I'll leave yeah. that for Jeff. Because no. he, he loved the first series so much, oh, I'm sure he's going to bring fantastic. it up. Fantastic. And in fact, I've just rewatched the first season in anticipation. It's already been shown in the States. We don't get it till the end of April. They've changed the, the showrunners for this and they've given it a slightly more lawyery twist. It was the introduction to his character in the first series. This is much more and much more in the corruption on it. And say so I rewatched it to to show my wife, who also loved it. So I just cannot wait for that. Me too. I think it's going to be great. That's it from me. That's it, me from guys. That's it from Deck. Thank you very much for that. And uh, I'm sure there's something for everybody there, even the West Wing, if you want to catch up with that <laughs> so- on Amazon Prime. <laughs> Next up is our show to mark the end of summer and look at the autumn highlights. At the speed life now moves for us, that'll probably be recording the day after tomorrow. Everybody else, thank you. Have a great Easter and we'll see you at the end of the summer for another Carry On Streaming. Thank you very much, Deck. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Deck. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.